0: reading this morning is from Acts 2. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, Everyone with whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who are welcomed who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about three thousand persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we continue our series on the sacraments in the best possible way, bearing witness to baptism not once, but twice in the same day. Today, though it may not have looked like much, we witnessed a miracle of God. As God used ordinary water and a sinner like me to bestow on Tom and Adeline the most holy possession and most precious gift that we can receive here on earth, God's unfailing promise of life, salvation, and the forgiveness of sin. And it truly is a miracle, though it appears so ordinary. For as we heard in our reading from Acts it is in baptism that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as Paul tells us in Romans 6, it is in baptism that we are united with Christ's death so that we may also be united with Christ's life. And as we hear in Jesus' own baptism, it is in baptism that all righteousness is fulfilled and God's promise is made, You are my child, my chosen beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is no empty promise in an empty ritual full of empty words, but God's word, trustworthy and active, placed in the water and poured over us. A word which does not return empty, but accomplishes God's purpose in us, putting the old us to death and raising the new us to eternal life. In baptism, God is for us, a refuge, a harbor, a shelter, or, as our opening hymn put it, a mighty fortress. You may already know this, but Martin Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress, is based on our psalm today, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble, Therefore, we will not fear though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble. You can see perhaps why Luther found comfort in these words. After all, life in Luther's time was chaotic and quite often short. War was ever looming, whether it was conflict uh, between the ruling families in Europe or the threat of the Ottoman Empire invading from the east. The old economic balances were being upended by the influx of gold from the Spanish conquest of the Americas and from the rise of powerful banking families. Disease was rampant. Less than two centuries had gone by since half the population of Europe had been killed by the plague, and the plague would keep on having little outbreaks for another two centuries after this. And add on top of that the fact that by the time he wrote this hymn, Luther had been excommunicated by the Pope and declared an outlaw by the Emperor. And you can understand the comfort present for him in these words. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. For trouble was an ever-present reality. Really, our lives are incredibly stable and safe in comparison. Diseases like the plague have been all but eliminated, very few of us have experienced combat, and our life expectancy is nearly double that of Luther's day, yet of course we have our troubles too. The earth is changing for us too, as the psalm says. In terms of climate, of politics, of societal norms, of technology, there is change at a rate that has rarely been matched. And it's hard to know how to respond faithfully. Nations are in an uproar. Nations possessing weapons capable of causing the mountains to shake and crumble. In our own nation, uproar and division dominate our discourse. And it's all too easy to label those we disagree with as our mortal enemies. And of course, as individuals... We face those age-old enemies of sin, of death, and of the devil. We feel the power of sin in the brokenness of our relationships, the brokenness of our actions. We experience death daily in our own bodies and minds as we age, as we encounter illness and decline in ourselves and in the lives of those that we love. And we're stung by the attacks of the devil who tries to come between us and God, holding our sin up to our faces, busying us with distractions, instilling in us fear of the uncertainty and chaos of the world. And though in comparison with the troubles of others, our troubles may be nothing at all, they are still simply too much for us to bear. The trouble we face on a daily basis is enough on its own to drive us to despair. And so we distract ourselves with hobbies or work or chemicals just to take the edge off the day. But luckily for us, God has chosen to be for us a refuge, a help in the midst of trouble. And because it is in our ordinary daily life that this trouble is encountered, God comes to us as a refuge in an ordinary way. God comes to us in a word, in a promise, which is sure and secure, even though the very ground beneath our feet shakes and melts away. This gift of God's promising word given especially in baptism is the river which keeps us going in spiritual deserts, in seasons of dryness. For our baptism assures us that God is with us even when we don't have the strength or the discipline to pray. This gift of baptism is the power of God, which takes the weapons of the devil arrayed against us and destroys them. These weapons of fear of anxiety, of unworthiness, of guilt, of shame. In baptism, God destroys them, breaking the bow, shattering the spear, burning the enemy's shields with fire. This is the voice which speaks quietly and forcefully amid the tumult. Be still and know that I am God. That word there, That word translated, be still, can also be translated, let down or let go. But however you translate it, it carries this idea of stopping, of giving up on your striving and your struggling and resting. Resting in the knowledge of who God is and who God has made you to be. To be still in this way is to be anchored deeply in the promise of your baptism. It is to know that whatever may happen in the world, your family, your body, your life, God has indeed already spoken for your future and has already named you with your deepest, unshakable identity, chosen and beloved child of God. To be still in this way is to trust in the infinite creator of the universe, who is at once kind and terrifying, at once loving and exalted in all the earth. It is to trust that this sovereign and powerful God will preserve you in the midst of difficulty, not because of your worthiness or effort, but because God has freely chosen you. For in your baptism, you have been transferred from death to life, from law to gospel, from sin to freedom. In your baptism, you have been given your deepest and most stable identity, though, of course, this does not mean the end of troubles. Luther was convinced that the baptized experience more troubles than anyone else because baptism makes you a target of the devil. So no, it does not mean the end of troubles, but it does mean the end of being dominated by those troubles. For in baptism, you have been given a refuge in which to rest, a promise to which to cling, a word that is more certain than any other word. So brothers and sisters, live deeply from the promise of your baptism. Remember it in the morning when you splash water on your face. Take comfort in the Spirit's presence any time you see a flame. Live your life free from the need to control your circumstances or show yourself worthy for your Father in heaven is already providing for all of your needs. And when trials or temptations come, when it seems that even God has turned against you, hold fast to the promise of your baptism. Pray on the basis of your baptism, even without words, knowing that the Holy Spirit has promised to intercede for you with sighs too deep for words. Recite the promise placed in the water. You are my chosen beloved. With you I am well pleased. And bear witness to the hope that is in you. A hope that comes not from your own actions or attitudes or strengths, but only from God's promising word to you. A word that does what it says. A word that delivers and preserves you from all evil. A word which brings to all stillness the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God for you. Amen.